Welcome to the Shaman Jessica podcast where I share all about my work as a shaman. These episodes are purely based on my own experiences and perspectives and never a substitute for medical advice. Let's begin our journey. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of phrasing my Thrive is now open for enrollment. Thrive is a six-week immersion in which you will heal your relationship with food and your body. You will learn how to heal yourself, prevent disease, how to embody source, and turn everything about food into a ritual, a ceremony, where you actually align with source every day. We will heal eating disorder, binge eating, under eating, restricting, practice unconditional love so that you can be the best version that you can be and actually thrive. I created Thrive based on everything that I learned in my 15 plus year recovery from disordered eating and to give you everything that I wish I had and that you won't learn anywhere else and that actually works. So you won't just heal disordered eating and body image, you'll actually thrive Be the best person that you can be. You'll raise your physical frequency. You'll balance out your hormones, which means better magnetism, sleep, mood, everything. We start January 1st, but you can now enroll Super Early Bird at 30% off, which I really do as a celebration of me finally being able to share this with you to make it that much easier for you. That ends in two weeks. So if you want to enjoy the biggest discount that I ever have and will give, this is your time to join Thrive. You can join on my website where you can enroll. You can email me at hello at thewayshamanism.com. And I cannot wait to welcome you inside. And once you're in, you have all the resources at your disposal forever as the content and the value increases. So this is your once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to join and you'll have this forever. You'll be able to enjoy the benefits of Thrive every single day for the rest of your life. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about my top three most requested topics. And that is veganism slash vegetarianism versus eating meat. What do I think about it? Well, this is really a religion today for people, what they eat, especially when it comes to veganism and vegetarianism. And it's a very sensitive, very touchy, triggering topic. And I have a lot of followers who are vegan or vegetarian. And it's really a trend also for people to put that in their Instagram bios. It's often a thing that people lead with when you meet them. So that is how you can tell that this is probably more of a religion than religion itself today, which I completely understand. It's a very, let's say, it's a very impactful lifestyle choice on yourself, on your health, your environment, your social life, and the world at large. So it is, I would say, even heavier weighing than a religion that is about spirituality. And it is about spirituality, and we're going to talk about that from a shamanic standpoint, but also hard fact-based science. So I'm coming to you with this from a place of compassion. I love animals. I always wanted to be a vet, and I became a vegetarian when I was 10 just because I love animals so much. 
and I would actually make little pamphlets that I would draw myself. They were so creepy. It would be like pigs around a table eating a human, like that kind of stuff. And I would draw them and leave them in people's um, mailboxes. And this was at 10 years old. I would judge kids in my class for eating meat, for eating burgers. And this, I want to remind you, is at a time where vegetarianism was not popular. There was really, whenever we would go out to eat, there was like one thing on the menu that you could eat as a vegetarian. It was always the same thing. It was like a quiche with spinach and like goat cheese or something. Anyway, I was a full-on activist at a very young age. And I completely never questioned that I would ever change. I would just never, ever eat meat. This continued for, well, not the harassments and um, the pamphlet spreading, although that was also just not a viable business model. But I remained a vegetarian for about 17 years. Then I became vegan. And then my health was always an issue. Obviously, if you know me, if you follow me for a while, you know that that is a big part of what led me to become a shaman in the first place. So I will get into the why and the how and everything. I just want you to know that wherever you're coming from, I've been there and I see you. And especially when it comes to the righteousness around veganism, not just about how people talk about this, how they present themselves, that kind of moral high ground, that superiority. You even see it on packaging of vegan or vegetarian products, like the way that they talk about it, what they're called, etc. I think that's also an important topic to go into later. But let's dive in. Also, let's start with saying that some people need more protein than others. So everyone is unique aside from your ideology. But people have more than 99.9% the same DNA, so we can actually generalize when we talk about eating meats and health. So meat is a source of highly bioavailable protein, minerals, and the full spectrum of amino acids. And these are essential amino acids. They're called essential amino acids because your body doesn't make them. And these are used for the most important organs in our bodies are hormones, neurotransmitters, so your entire brain is affected by this lifestyle choice, your immune system, your hair, skin, nails, etc. So if meat is grass-fed, wild, or pasture-raised, okay, because if it's not, if it's industrial farming, then this doesn't really hold up because it's actually not real meat the way that nature intended it. All your important organs, including your heart, use fat for energy, and they're protected by a layer of fat. And too much meat and animal protein is actually very taxing on the kidneys and can also be inflammatory. But meat has historically been eaten in every culture, and cutting it out can actually very likely lead to health issues down the road. So that is what we're going to talk about. This doesn't mean that you cannot be vegan or vegetarian or that I'm telling you that. We're just going to approach this from a very neutral, open mind place. So you may be 
a vegetarian or a vegan listener and find that the information that I'm going to share here doesn't resonate with you at all, as you know from my backstory, I completely get it. But I actually had a weak compromised immune system the whole time. This doesn't have to be you. Interestingly, there's also a huge correlation between vegetarianism and eating disorders, which we'll get into later. This also has to do with the changes that a lack of meat causes in the neurotransmitter in your brain, which we'll discuss later too. So I tried everything to get better, everything. I even removed my IUD, so my birth control, and I started meeting eat again because of a nutritionist who really pushed me because I was like really flailing in my health and it was kind of like nothing to lose at that point anyway. It was a really hard decision, but after I did eat meat, I experienced around a 50% noticeable like surge in energy and I really started to research this topic very deeply and thoroughly. So everything that I discovered, I'm going to share with you here too. And I don't dismiss the ethical issues around eating meat. I don't support industrial farming at all in the slightest. So know that. I don't think that anyone should ever buy non-pasture-raised meat from the supermarket and eat it ever. And it's very important to buy your meat from a trusted butcher that actually sells pasture-raised meat from animals that have lived a quality life, the wilder, the better. It's really quality over quantity when it comes to meat, but our health is more important than anything. We're going to get into the cycle of the food chain from a shamanic standpoint as well, and learn more about how to eat in a way that is aligned with nature and very intentional so that we can actually be healthy and contribute to a sustainable future in the world at large. Also, very important to keep in mind when it comes to spiritual warfare is that veganism and vegetarianism are increasingly pushed in the mainstream media as kind of this spiritual superior lifestyle and a solution for every environmental problem. And a lot of people watch these celebrities that are pushing veganism, which is the majority of them now. And these are the same people that are at a very high level of occultism and practice Satanism, child abuse, etc. So that in itself should make you question this agenda because it really is a global agenda at this point. And the way that you can tell that something is absolutely an agenda is very recently, this was first week of November, the UN announced that you should be allowed six grams of beef per day, which is one bite, and the rest of your protein needs to be from insects. Seriously? So this is despite of everything that I'm going to be sharing with you in terms of science in this episode, which all of these people are well aware of, trust me. It's just that they make billions from you being unhealthy and all of the alternatives that they put in your face. So they are increasingly pushed in the mainstream media as a superior lifestyle for a reason. Then there is also the huge diets agenda that they feed into as well, because they know subconsciously many people are going to want to buy into this 
because it is another way for people to control what they eat and lose weight. So this superiority thing, this righteousness, it appeals to everyone's good intentions. And this is what grosses me out the most when they try and get people to buy in and get their consent because people genuinely are good and they want the best for animals and for the environment. So what I'm going to do in this episode is tell you how and why when it comes to your eating and how you are um, affecting your environment, especially when it comes to these diets. So this is why this is a really important episode for you to actually make notes. So also when it comes to these documentaries on Netflix, we know all of the other agendas that are being pushed on there as well. And safe to say, if Leonardo DiCaprio cannot convince me to become vegan, no one can. And we all know about the criminals that are on these boards of these platforms that have committed heinous crimes against humanity. And those platforms are created as a means to reach as many people as possible. So we need to really let go of the idea that every documentary you see is based on truth. They're not at all. They're just agendas to mind control you, really. And I used to work as a data analysis, and I did research for the University of Amsterdam. Data, it's a joke, seriously. How easy it is to manipulate data is an absolute joke. So first, let's talk about this from a shamanic standpoint. Nature has designed life according to source's own intelligence. Nothing goes to waste in nature and everything is recycled. Everything eats everything. It's a perfect system. So when we die, the crops eat us. And all crops actually need meat to grow, which is why fertilizer has blood and bones in it so that plants can grow. So even if you're vegan, you want to start your own garden, you want to grow vegetables, you have to use meat, blood, and bones for it to grow. Otherwise, it won't. Because everything is what it eats, there's actually no such thing as vegetarianism, just inherently. So in shamanism, everything has consciousness, it has a spirit. With every interaction, we intertwine. We enter into an energetic entanglement contract with each other. So you cannot take meat out of the equation whatsoever. Actually, trees grow way better on cemeteries. This is proven. There was actually a discovery on a cemetery where a tree was planted over bodies. And when the tree was excavated and all the roots were taken out, the roots had taken the shape of the people under it. So it had actually grown to form itself in the shape of its food, which is what happens to us as people as well. So trees eat meat, as do all plants. This is the cycle of life. And herbivorous animals, so animals that eat plants, they need four stomachs, like a cow, in which all the microbes in the gut digest the plants. Only microbes can digest plants, okay? And 70% of them is converted into fatty acids. So the cow has actually a very high-carb diet, and they chew one mouthful of grass 200 times. And then all the microbes in those four stomachs 
help the cow to digest it. So in nature, we thrive on cooperation with other life. So just let it sink in the fact that cows actually do not digest plants. The microbes, the organisms, the life in their guts can digest the plants. So omnivores and predators, they have small stomachs like us, which has microbes if it's healthy. And the stomach produces an acid that's able to break down meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. This is our digestive system that source nature gave us. And the fiber in plants is indigestible for humans. Humans cannot break down fiber in plants. Only the microbes in the stomach can break them down. The bulk nutrition that humans thrive on that we need comes from meat, eggs, and fish, just when you look at nutrition, and the proteins and fats in them. They are very similar to our own. Now, I want to tell you about the gut and psychology syndrome. This is a syndrome that Natasha Campbell McBride, a doctor, says that in her many, many decades of work, she has yet to encounter a healthy vegetarian and I agree, based on my own healing work with many different people all over the world and also my own experience. So the gut and psychology syndrome is something that I really recommend you research if you want to learn more about how this works in your body down to a cellular level. And there is a huge misconception that most vitamins and minerals come from plants because actually they mostly come from animal foods. So your immune system actually requires almost exclusively animal foods, if you look at the vitamins and minerals that your body needs. So quality protein and fat from meat, fish, and dairy. Now, dairy is problematic because of the way that it's produced, but if you eat completely organic, natural, raw dairy, then that can still sometimes for people be hard to digest, although it's easy to digest for most people if your microbiome in your gut is healthy. But in general, supermarket dairy, stay away from it. So when we look at nutrition and what we can eat now, everything that we need is in quality protein and fat from meat, fish, and dairy. So why do we need plants then? Because they have the wrong protein for the human body. They're indigestible. They have the wrong proportions of amino acids. They also contain gluten and lectins, which are highly toxic and very damaging for humans. And plants also contain damaging anti-nutrients. So what are they good for then? Well, plant foods are powerful cleansers with detoxifiers, antioxidants. They also have vitamins and minerals. They keep us clean on the inside. They're cleaners, but they don't actually feed the body. And this is mind-blowing if you have never heard this before, but this is the absolute truth. Plants are to help you cleanse on the inside, but all the nutrition comes actually from animal products. So to make plants more digestible and nutritious, many cultures all over the world started fermenting and cooking them. Industrially processed plants, so think of bread, cereal, pasta, as well as a lot of so-called health foods, they are pre-digested through chemicals and solvents, through the way that they're produced, which makes them 
not only toxic, but they also spike insulin because of their high carb content. So a vegetarian or vegan diet, you also have to keep in mind is a very high carb diet. And spiked insulin causes disease. This is caused by, you know, the well-known carbs like cereals, wheat, bread, grains, pasta, etc. So the main difference is that animal foods, they feed our body and plants cleanse us. We can actually live entirely on animal foods. And there are many cultures who do, like in Alaska, Africa. And these are some of the healthiest cultures in history. And also when you look at these countries, populations that are the oldest, they have a mainly meats and fish-based diet, actually, and a lot of fermented foods. So the plants that they ingest are mostly fermented. By the way, what will also shock you to learn is that your body, to survive, needs zero carbs. So the best way to survive would actually, if you would have to choose, limit yourself to one food source, it should be animal protein with a slight fat content. Now, many people actually heal from debilitating diseases by cutting out plants completely, which they can't digest and we're causing disease. And we can be perfectly healthy without plants and we can actually even be healthier without plants. Also, I don't know if you guys know Jordan Peterson, the super popular uh, philosopher, academic, and his daughter and himself actually also suffered these debilitating diseases and depression as well. And I think that they both have a solely meat-based diet now. So there is real actual science behind this. So to conclude, humans can live entirely on animal foods, but humans cannot live entirely on plants, plant-based. So then what happens to all of these vegans? What happens when you eat only plants? You go into a state of fasting. Veganism is not a diet. It's a form of fasting. The issue is that cleansing and fasting has always been associated with spiritual enlightenment, which is why it appeals to a lot of people, but it's not a long-term solution. So even Tibetan monks that fast, they complain about how hard it is and how difficult it is, but actually these monks, when they're fasting, they're allowed to eat only plants and beans. Everything that a vegan eats for them is fasting, okay? So... This is culturally why vegetarianism, veganism is fasting, but your body actually goes into a fast when you are on a vegan or vegetarian diet. So what happens to your body on this diet is it feels good at first because you think you're doing something amazing. That's first. In your mind, you think that you're helping the environment, which we will go into later as well. You are expecting to feel a lot better, maybe lose a lot of weight too. So you have this high at first, and what's happening in your body is you are cleansing and detoxing on the inside, so you get this surge of energy. Also with fasting, it really makes you hyper aware, and you're really on this adrenaline rush. I used to be anorexic, so I know what I'm talking about. You get this high. And then your body is finished cleansing after usually about three weeks. And then you start to crave animal foods. 
So when you don't listen to your body at this point and you don't eat them, your body goes into starvation mode and starts burning muscle mass to feed itself because, again, it needs tissue, it needs protein. And then you start to develop diseases like MS, cancer, Parkinson's disease, and more. The thing is that these usually take many, many years to manifest. And veganism is a pretty relatively recent trend or has become more recently popular. So with these things, it usually takes a few years for us to actually see and prove how damaging they are. Just like it took many, many decades for people to realize that smoking and sugar are actually extremely damaging to our health and that they cause cancer. So it is very important to listen to the signal when your body is craving meat because it's done detoxing and it needs to be fed. And this can be anywhere between 7 and 40 days, generally. So if you're underweight, never fast. Never fast. If you have a history with disordered eating, also never fast. Don't do intermittent fasting. And raising children vegan is extremely dangerous. And I know that a lot of people are doing this right now and think that they're doing a great thing. It's actually very dangerous and let me explain to you why there is a way to be vegetarian and healthy if you eat natural foods and you include eggs and fish if you can maybe some fermented dairy fermented vegetables and you just don't eat the grains and the wheats and the pasta instead of meat and you don't eat all the meat substitutes and those franken foods so the idea that you're helping the environment. Let's go into that one a little bit more. The idea that agriculture is bad for the environment comes from a study that was full of holes, first of all, and it was pushed, it was paid for by companies including Monsanto, Bayer, and the other multi-trillion chemical corporations that influence or are actually in the government, are our government. Industrially farming eggs and meat is very hard and it can only be done efficiently with animals that are locked up without sunlight who are fed leftovers from the food industry, including the packaging. So what they have to eat, what they get to eat is just waste food. So they become waste food. That's just the cycle of life. You are what you eat. And it's extremely cruel, first of all. It's awful, and we should never support this in any way. We should not spend our money by keeping these companies and this horrific type of farming and industry and business. It is extremely cruel, but it's really the only profitable model of farming meat. The antibiotics for the animals that this really requires because they're in an enclosed space are very expensive, but industrially farming plants is actually very easy and the chemicals are cheap. So growing plants on an industrial scale with chemicals is a very easy and efficient system that you can really roll out anywhere. So in short, conscious agriculture of meat is not bad at all, but people don't do it because it's extremely expensive and it's very complicated. Organic growing is a total headache because plants, they're constantly damaged by pests 
and disease and cross-pollination. So you just have to have like a field of your crop. Then the wind blows a different crop into your field and it's completely ruined because nature doesn't like monoculture. It likes variety. It likes the richness of life. It likes everything to sort of crossbreed over so that it becomes stronger. So this is why so many chemicals need to be applied in industrial farming. To grow organic food, you need to be very in touch with nature. You need to be very intuitive, patient, flexible, extremely hands-on. For animals, organic farming is super easy because when you just supply them with healthy food, so there's plenty of healthy grass, they just take care of the rest. They eat their grass, which will grow anywhere. Nature will take care of every detail. The only requirement is that the animals are moved so that the grass can recover, right? So it takes up space and it takes time. In industrial farming, animals are fed grains that are left over from overproduction. Did you know, by the way, that more food is actually produced than could feed the entire world population? It's just not evenly distributed. So there's a gross amount of food waste that is fed to these animals, foods that are very unhealthy for them, they cannot properly digest, and it makes them sick, just like humans, when we eat food that's bad for us. And then what they produce in terms of meat is toxic to eat. You're eating a sick animal. The chemicals used in industrial farming, they destroy the soil as well, which makes the soil very loose. So soil has this hummus layer that's extremely nutrient dense and it keeps everything together. But when these chemicals are used, they destroy that layer. So it makes all of the ground loose, which then when you have heavy rainfall, it causes floods, it poisons wildlife because of the because it runs over beyond, you know, that specific farm. And another key is crop rotation. I'm sure that you've heard this word. And industrial farming doesn't do crop rotation, which means that they deplete and destroy the soil even more. So crop rotation is literally you rotate the crops that you grow so that you give the soil a break from overproducing the same thing and give it time to balance itself out, to restore its nutrients, density. So industrial farming doesn't do it because it requires, again, flexibility and patience and all of the things that they don't have because it costs money. So what happens is they destroy the soil even more. They completely deplete it. But when you introduce animals on the soil, it'll restore itself because what happens, they eat the grass, they poop on the grass, it restores its nutrient density in it. So whenever you want to revigorate the earth and you want to feed it and help it be healthy and restore itself, put animals on it. That's the solution, so easy. So to conclude, a vegetarian lifestyle is not kind to animals because to be a vegetarian, you have to rely on industrial agriculture. It is the only, the only way to produce the amount of vegetables to feed the population on a mass scale is through industrial agriculture. It's the only way. This is because you cannot even feed 
one person for a year on a private garden. So veganism and vegetarianism is just not compatible with nature. It just isn't. It's not my opinion. It is just how source the divine decided it. Only industrial agriculture can sustain veganism and vegetarianism. So if you choose this lifestyle, you choose to be vegan or vegetarian, you are supporting industrial farming, which is probably the thing that turns you against it in the first place. And this is especially true on a mass scale. And on top of this, most of the vegetarian or vegan people, they live in cities, they don't have gardens, they buy the food in the supermarkets, they don't grow any food in the first place. So the depletion of the earth is just accelerated. And what really also needs to sink in for people is the intelligence of the design from Source. Because Source designed the world in a way where just like we need to do our own shadow work and work on our karma in our life, we cannot completely abuse animals and then decide to, you know what, we're just going to ignore this food group and we're just going to completely eat another food group and then we don't have to face the consequences. By creating the natural balance in such a way that humans actually need other healthy animals to live, it forces us to live in harmony with them. We need to respect them. We need to make sure that they are healthy because only that way we can see, only by realizing that our health depends on their health, we have to enter into a harmonious energy exchange with them. This is why multidimensional beings on other planets, they're so invested in our spiritual growth on this earth because on other timelines, they're viability and their livelihood depends on our ability to transcend you know our greed and our preference for short-term gain over long-term gain to be able to live in harmony with each other because we're all an inextricable link of nature well we're all part of nature we're, we're all part of source and we just cannot remove animals as a link in this chain. It's just not how it's designed. So this is why I teach people, and especially in Thrive, we're going to learn how to do this, how to engage with nature in a way where you can actually really honor it. And this is how in shamanism in history, when a buffalo would be sacrificed, to be able to feed the community, they would honor it as their brother. And its health is inextricably linked to the community's health. And we have completely forgotten how to live this way. So the more vegetarians there are, in short, the more plants we eat, the more demand there is for plants. So the more demand there is for chemicals, machinery, and industrial agriculture, which makes these huge chemical industries happy, even bigger, which gives them also more influence in politics, as well as the medical industry because of the increase of sick people. And this is why it's being marketed so strongly. Please understand this. 
because of the chemical industry, and remember the spirit of pharmacaea, which I've done a podcast episode about, this is all an agenda that has to do with demonic presence and strongholds. The spirit of pharmacaea benefits from it, and the industrial companies and the medical industry that serve it benefit from it. Vegetarianism is not ethical. It's not. So feed yourself well. Buy from biodynamic farmers who treat animals with love and respect and kindness and who understand nature and who treat it with respect and patience. And don't let yourself or your kids be persuaded by propaganda, manipulation, and this guilt tripping, which is so disgusting. And please, please stop buying industrially farmed meat from the supermarket that is not organic and not pasture-raised, because that is a tortured, traumatized animal. And when you eat that animal, you become tortured and traumatized. When you eat a wild-caught salmon, you are ingesting the strength of this beautiful animal that can swim against a stream and it can jump and it just has this pure, crisp cleanliness of the water that it swims in, right? So be super conscious of that. The government also, by the way, is very hostile to biodynamic farmers because they know this, they're furthering this agenda, but they subsidize industrial farmers. So again, this is a reversal of natural law. And the more you support organic farmers, the more you support the future and the next generations. And when you go into a butcher shop that sells pasture-raised meat, you will always see that they have like pictures of their cows on the wall. They're so proud, they take so much pride in what they do and rightfully so it is such a harmonious way to live with nature and acknowledge our role in it which is actually very humbling because we need these animals to survive we need to treat them with respect and we need each other and i also got a question from one of you that was how can i eat like pasture-raised healthy meat without it costing like a trillion dollars. Really, when you go into these butcher shops, it is not that expensive. First of all, the quality of the meat, it's beyond anything that you have ever experienced. The word beyond also reminds me to talk about these impossible burgers and beyond burgers. But just know that you don't have to eat a huge amount. We eat so much more than our bodies need. And even if you would just make bone broth from the bones of pasture-raised cows, you are not letting anything, any part of the animal go to waste, which is so respectful. Often, nobody really asks for these bones. So they'll probably give it to you for free or just a few bucks. You get the bone marrow, which is so incredibly nutritious. And you can just, with a slow cooker, make bone broth freeze in all the excess and you will have liters and liters and liters of super healthy gut healing bone broth so even if you would just do that it wouldn't cost you anything and it will be so incredible for your health for the animals for the environment that is really the way to go and i used to do this all the time and 
these impossible beyond burgers, all of those that I refer to by Frankenfoods, which are not really food, you will see that they are full of just grains and all of these foods that are actually very unhealthy for your system. They're very hard to digest by your gut. So all of these heavy vegetables, legumes especially, they have a very hard shell that is hard for your body to break down and digest. And what it does is over time it causes leaky gut. So you need to know that your gut lining has this sort of mucus layer on it with um, these tiny little fibrous entities that extract all of the nutrients from the food. And then through this layer, it is almost processed and digested by your body so that your body can use it. But what happens with all of these legumes is they kind of scrape open that soft layer because your body cannot digest all of those fibers and you get leaky gut. So this very porous membrane, that gut lining, is becoming more and more porous. It gets all of these little holes. And what happens is that undigested food particles then enter the bloodstream through your gut. And when those enter your bloodstream, they end up in every part of your body and they cause a whole host of diseases. So this is why an unhealthy gut is linked to all of these brain diseases from schizophrenia to epilepsy, especially autism, everything. So all of these legumes and grains and vegetables cause so much disease. It is, it is crazy. It's insane. So what about people who, oh, by the way, I forgot these beyond burgers. Um, I see some very dark things behind those. Um, Okay, it's going to get very dark here, but you made it all the way through this podcast episode and you need to know this. I need to be careful about how I say it, but there's a big cannibalism agenda as well from the occult. And what they will often do is when they do sacrifices, they will take the remainders, so the remains like ashes, and they often put them in food, in processed food under the nomer of natural seasoning. For example, and you know that how disgusting this is when you hear it for the first time, but it's true. There are many, many testimonies from people who have been um, complicit in this. And I know that it's shocking, but there is a agenda to promote cannibalism. There are actually cannibalism restaurants all over the world. And there is especially one in L.A. that was really popular. I don't know if it's still open, but it was run by Katrina Belanoff. And her family is one of the highest occult families that really, um, yeah, one of the scariest people that you can ever research is probably her mom, whose name is Somerset Belanoff. So I'll just give you that as a hint to research, but just know that these Impossible Burgers and Beyond Burgers and everything that they put in the food in um, big chains, so fast food chains, you don't even want to know what goes on there. So 
So to people who feel really good on vegetarianism, who say, you know what, you might have all of these theories about making you unhealthy and people getting sick, but I'm a vegetarian and I've been one for years and I feel great. Well, what you need to know is they are degenerating. You are degenerating, but you don't really feel it because people who are degenerating on the inside, they don't get the signs of sickness. So signs of sickness are coughing, sneezing, headaches, the typical signs. Because we get those symptoms when our own immune system is fighting off viruses. Now, vegetarians, vegans, their immune systems are shot. So they don't show symptoms of fighting illness because their immune systems are not responding. They're flat. They're not working because what your immune system needs to work is essential amino acids, essential fatty acids, all of the things that you can get exclusively and only from animal protein and fat. There is no other way that you can get them. Even if you say like, no, you can compensate this with chia seeds and avocados, you cannot because those foods don't have the full spectrum of amino acids in the first place. So by combining them, you may get close, but then you have to add a problem that your gut doesn't digest these foods properly, so you're not extracting these acids. So the only way that you can get them and actually be healthy and have a healthy immune system is from animal protein. And when you don't get them, your immune system is shot. So if you don't have an immune system that is working, you are not fighting illness. So you're not coughing, you're not getting a cold, you're not sneezing. So your body is actually not fighting any disease. These viruses are entering your body, silently taking root, growing into diseases. And that is why you don't show any signs of illness. Health, guys, is everything. Life is about love. It's about thriving. It's about being healthy. And I know all, I have all the feelings about animals and about the environment and the future. But just know that it's a psychological operation, the way that it's portrayed in the media. And there is no data, scientific, about the environment or health to substantiate all of this propagation, propaganda, the documentaries, all of that. And this is the truth. And what I just presented to you is the truth, and everybody knows it. It's just that there is no money to be made off of people who are healthy and powerful and who live at one with nature and eat in ceremony. So if you want to research this more and really understand it, you can read The Gut and Psychology Syndrome by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. And then there is also The Vegetarian Myth, a book by Leary Keith, which I really recommend. And that was it for today. You know what you need to know. You know my thoughts. You know where I'm coming from. I am confident that you know what is best for you and that you know to listen to your body and what source is communicating with you. If you want to learn how to eat and live in a way that is most aligned with nature, that is shamanic and at one with nature, that frees you from excess weight, 
that helps you release trauma that is stored as fat in your cells together with toxins. If you want to be free from binge eating, if you want to release yourself finally from the destructive cycle of overeating and undereating and restricting and controlling through food, you need to join Thrive and let me heal you. I've done it for other people. I've done it for myself. And if I can do it for people in just one journey, let me give you the tools on how to understand and apply and integrate this for the rest of your life. Especially if you guys are healers and coaches who want to work on this stuff with other people and integrate this with your own teachings. It is so important that we free people from the enslavement of the agenda of dieting, of being unhealthy, of not feeling at home and comfortable and aligned in their bodies. And in Thrive, you're going to be set free. You're going to balance out your weight, your hormones, your sleep, your mood. And I've called it Thrive because you will actually thrive and you'll know how to live in a way that is in ceremony, in health, and in dignity. And I cannot wait to start with you all. You can enroll, sign up on my website. You can send me an email at hello at thewayshamanism.com. And I can't wait to see you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for taking care of your health and considering nature and humanity and the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom in the most dignified way where we can all thrive and do our best job in harmony with each other. So eat naturally. If you want to learn all about how to do this, again, you must join Thrive. Pray over your food. Rebuke any dark spirits, any entity attachments, any familiar spirits. Anoint your food, set it apart, set yourself apart. And I will see you all in the next episode.